We'll take our scripture reading for today from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. I hope we are all there. We are getting there. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 12. Amen. So I read. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Amen. So that the body of Christ may be built up. I pray that our hearts will be prepared to even hear the word that will come to us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. Press on. Praise the Lord. Welcome to church. It's good to be in the house of God. I had planned a series of sermons or teachings to coincide with uh, the transition we are going through. And today I'll continue by looking at basic church administration. Basic church beliefs. It's a huge topic. As I started looking at it, I realized this is the kind of course I used to teach for half a semester. So I've asked them to time me to do it for 30 minutes, and I know it will be serious. I know there are some of my colleagues, seminary graduates and professors sitting in front looking at me and saying, what is this man trying to do? And I also appreciate that it can be very boring. Maybe that's why we don't talk too much about it. But the events of last week proved me right that we probably need to do more teaching on some of the things that we believe and we practice to help us stay on course. So join me in prayer. Our Lord God Almighty, we are before you again today. Thank you for gathering us here. We are here to worship you and to hear your word. Speak in ways that we can understand, in ways that we can apply, in ways that are meaningful for your people to be not only hearers of the word, but do us as well. Amen. What we looked at two weeks ago basically compared the church of God to three pictures that were given in the book of 1 Corinthians. The church as a family, and that recognizes that we are all at different levels of maturity. But in that case, we must pay particular attention to the children, those who are growing up and help them to grow. The purpose of a family is to ensure that we are all mature and any signs of immaturity that we display hurts the younger ones and therefore we should be careful. So when the Corinthians who had been blessed by so many teachers were fighting over their teachers like the way people fight over their heroes, I love this dance hall artist, I love this football club, I love this and they go and gamble and kill themselves. They said no, don't say I belong to Apollos, don't say I belong to Peter, don't say <laughs> Jesus is my Lord. Don't say Peter. They are all only servants of God. Because one man plants, another man waters. But ultimately, it is God who gives growth. So maturity 
in the house of God is important when we are a church family. So let's pay particular attention to those young ones in our midst and not do things to hurt them. Then he compared the church to a farm. Not these farms that are stricken by Hamatan. Nobody likes those, tam- those types of fun. A farm that is fruitful, that yields bountiful fruit because God wants a good fruit. And that's what we should be producing. And God gave us all these leaders like the many specialists he gives us in our farming endeavors, the agronomists, the agriculturists. One day I call somebody and say, please take care of the flowers. He said, Pastor, I want you to know I am an agriculturist. I'm not a horticulturist. I said, is there a difference? Said, Certainly there's a difference. There's an agriculturist, there's an horticulturist, there's this and that. Oh, I didn't know. He knew the difference. So, in being a farm, God gives us different, different types of gifts. Even those who know pesticides, those who know fertilizers, those who need this. And God expects that the gifts he gives us in the church, we should take cues from these natural things and apply them so that we can have a bountiful harvest of souls that are groomed and that are discipled for the Lord. And the last picture we saw was the church as a building. And that one I need not tell you. That as we are sitting down here, the room is a bit uncomfortable because the, f- the fans are not working. And if they were working properly, you would not even know that I'm here. <laughs> you just feel oh, very soon some may be dozing because the fan is not working. But I pray that you don't doze on me because I'll come and wake you up. So I'll try and stay within time. So these are the pictures that we saw last two, three weeks. But today, well, that was interspersed by last week when we went to the polls to vote. The deacons are here to tell us what uh, they want to tell us about the way forward. But the way forward also is tied to some of the things that we probably should have understood or we need to understand now. I have chosen to speak on it because it is a Baptist church. I call it the basics of Baptist church administration. You see, there are so many games in this world. People play football, and they know the games of football. So when somebody touches the football and it's not a goalkeeper, what do we say? Foul. But if they are playing American football, call the same name, and somebody touches it with the hand, is it a foul? If they are playing netball and somebody touches the hand or basketball, no. There are so many ways of administering a country. Ghana is a unitary state. We have 16 regions, but one president. Nigeria, interestingly, what is Nigeria? It's a federal state. They do things differently. Churches are like that. But whatever it is, we must understand the system in which we are, how it operates. We talk about basics of church administration because the ultimate purpose of administering a church is for the growth of that church using the resources God has given us to effectively grow the church. So whatever human beings have chosen, whatever systems they are doing, or even if they are playing football or the country is a federal state, they want, I mean, to grow the country or to entertain people with the type of games that they have. But if you don't understand the rules, you can go there and be yawning. To understand the church, we look at a few milestones. What is the nature of the church? I don't have to convince you the church is divine in origin. 
is God who established it. Christ said, I will establish my church and the gates of hell cannot, pre- cannot prevail, cannot break it down. That's why we are still alive. And one of the things that God does best is the church that is persecuted grows bigger and stronger under persecution. Sometimes when they leave us alone, we enjoy too much freedom. We chew each other. We bite each other. We even disintegrate. But you try to touch God's church with persecution. Then ask those in China and Russia how the church grew. God appoints divine leadership. He himself, I like what the service leader was saying. The captain has assured him, assured him. If you didn't understand that language, I guess he's talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we who serve are only co-laborers with God. You see, the women have hijacked it, so we think they are the laborers. Technically, all of us are laborers together with God. Whether we are called popes or bishops or fathers or mothers or whatever title we are, we are under his leadership. And there's only one divine purpose for a church that is truly of God. That's to give God worship and to give God praise. But then, to simplify, there are about three different ways in which this world system administers church. And I say world systems. I know Reverend Luttrell touched on it a little bit, so I will just take it from the bottom. Presbyterian church is where the elders rule, the sessions, whatever they say is the rule. The people here, they comply, or they are supposed to comply. Whether they comply or not, they are supposed to comply. They make the rules. So, for instance, when your deacons have listened and they have determined that they have a candidate, in the Presbyterian Church, you have no other thing to say. They will transfer people to you from here and here. You are at church, you have to receive them. Occasionally, there's some memory and some bargaining, but by and large, Everybody knows that all the lands of the Presbyterian Church, all the lands of the Methodist Church, all the properties are owed by head office. And if you play, they can move you like I was teasing a friend of mine who was moved from Reed Church to Shammah. And he knew that he had been moved from Reed Church to Shammah. Or another brother who was transferred from London to Bechim. You tell me about that. <laughs> There's an Episcopal Church where... The bishop or the leader, whatever he says, sometimes he sits in council with others, but the bishop says, my bishop says, it's final. The president has more people who are acknowledged, selected somehow to represent the people. But as far as the episcopacy is concerned, it is the papa, what the pope says. And sometimes people think when the pope says it, it applies to everybody. In the 16th century, that's when a group of people developed called the Baptists or came about called the Anabaptists. And they have fought to say that we are not part of the Protestant movement. There have been these feelings of these people that the way the church is going, the church is wrong. Particularly in their baptism of infants and the kinds of things that they do, they tell people that it is wrong. So they said, no, we believe that the church of God must be made up of people who are born again. And when they are born again, they must be baptized by immersion. And so they were baptizing people by immersion in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's where they got their names from. So when even Martin Luther came and he embarked on the Reformation, 
They said, oh yeah, the man, he tried. But he didn't go far enough. So technically, they may place Baptists under Reformed people, but Baptists said, we are not in that tradition. What are we? Probably we are bats. We are not. They said, we are not part of that Reformed tradition. We are not part of those who baptize infants. They tried to make that distinction, among other things. Then what are we? It's what we call the congregational polity. Congregational believes that God calls people, God puts his spirit in them, and God works through everybody. Yes, we still have leaders, we still have hierarchy. But at any time, God can talk to anybody. They believe in the priesthood of the believer. First Peter 2, 9, for you are a royal priesthood, a royal nation, chosen by God himself. So do not treat your people like infants. Let them read the Bible. A Baptist is quick to tell you that God has no grandchildren. You are either a child of God or you are not. So read the word. Pray to God. God will answer you. If I need to support you, I'm supporting you. But I cannot take the place of your God. I cannot take the place of the Holy Spirit. I cannot take the place of your reading the Bible. You have a responsibility because Christ dwells in you. It's our very basic beliefs of the Baptist. That's what makes us congregational. So how do you understand what a church is all about? Four functions of a church. Evangelism, discipleship, worship, and fellowship. Some list more. But these functions, every church does it because they want to grow. I'm just borrowing something that Rick Warren has popularized all across, that if you say these are the functions of the church, we must understand that these functions are to be pursued and they tackle different aspects of the church. A church grows larger through evangelism. So if you are not growing and you wonder why you are not growing, the numbers are going down, check what you are doing about evangelism. If your members are shallow, they are not following Christ, they don't understand certain things, ah, then check. Check your what? Help me, help me. You can help me. Check your what? Discipleship, whether they are being discipled or not. If you just come to check, the church is wishy-washy, you have no backbone, there's no fervency, there's no love of God, there's no passion in the church. What may be wrong? Worship may be weak, or people are not participating in the thing that worship. But if we all come and we behave like people who have come, they hate each other, they come and they don't smile, they behave like somebody has given them some pepper soup to drink, and so they're squeezing their faces and they meet in clubs and they go away, what are they telling you? Their fellowship is not good. They are warmer. So warm fellowships exist in Sunday school classes, shifts, and those places that do these things. So any church, whether you call it Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist, Anglican, they all try to an extent to perform all of these functions because they all want to grow. There are some churches when some of us were growing, they never used to have crusades. Recently, I've seen them. They've stopped wearing those long, long dresses. They've stopped being barefooted and they are preaching, doing all kinds of things. But let's come to the Baptist church. How does the Baptist church take membership? How do you become a member of a Baptist church? One, the basic, basic, basic one is accepting Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. When you accept Christ, you are a member of his church on earth and a member of his church in heaven. 
That's our understanding. Your names are written in the Lamb Book of Life. So, if you deceive yourself and you come to Calvary Baptist Church because you want to marry here, you go and write your name on the board so that you can marry you here and bury you here. I tell you, your name may appear in our books, but it may not be in the Book of Heaven. I've warned you. Don't say I didn't tell you. You are paying your tithe faithfully so that to be here. Your funeral will be grand over here. Well, we say accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior is the basic. Now, if that's the basic, what else follows? There are methods of accepting others into the church. Three ways. Professional faith and baptism. That's after you have accepted Christ, you must be baptized. Unless you are the thief on the cross who didn't have a chance. You must be baptized. Baptizing them in the name of the Father is a command. Matthew 28, 18, 19. It's a command. We have no choice but to obey it. That's where we got our name from. If I had this time, I would have told you about what Zwingli and Calvin did to Baptists who were baptizing people. They kept them down there until they died. Some were <laughs> killed because they believed that this is the right way. That is a symbolism. It is an outward sign of your inner change. So you are baptized. We have pools here that we can baptize you. We do not baptize babies and infants. They are dedicated to the Lord because the Lord told us their faces sees the angels every time. So people who baptize infants that when they die, where would they go? The Lord has given us the answer. If baptism is for repentant sinners, children who have not repented cannot or must not. So you have an obligation as a parent to train up your children the way they should go and when they are of age, they would become Christians. So we dedicate them. As you saw, Jesus himself was dedicated. If you trace the history, he was a full-grown, I was going to say a full-grown mosquito, but he will forgive me. He was a full-grown man when he entered. That's not when he became born again. But John the Baptist saw him and said, hey, why? When he was young, they took him to a temple to dedicate him. And there were signs. Anna was prophesying. Simeon was prophesying. But that was his dedication. Now, you may belong to another church. And this is where we have been blowing it. You may belong to another Baptist church of a sister church or another faith that has the same practices. Ideally, you can say, I want to belong to Calvary Baptist Church. You come. And you say, this is what you want to do. We interview you. You came from Illinois Baptist Church, somewhere in Chicago or somewhere, somewhere. Calvary will write to that church that Dr. Charles Yeboa, who was a member of Rogers Park Baptist Church, has now come to unite with us. Confirm. Then they write back to us. We don't normally give people letters of transfer to carry around and be showing people that I'm floating, unless you, you don't know where you are going. All right? So transfer of membership by letter. You come by your letter. You don't go through all of this because technically we all have the same type of fellowship. Or you come by statement of your baptism. I can't find my records. The floods took it away and this and that and that. Well, we can take your statement and admit you as a member. So these are ways to become a member. I know I'm going fast, but you can check this out later on. Then there are categories of membership. Wow. I think the few hairs I had on my head got lost in the last two, three months because of these types of membership. There are those who are resident members. 
resident members means those who are alive, who are in the church, who come to church, which in this church are in their thousands. But out of those resident members, there are those who are active and those who are inactive. I don't know of any church that does not have that list. Active members and inactive members. And there are rules governing what makes you active and what makes you inactive. But then there are non-resident members or non-resident friends. A lot of people have come today from the Kabaka in the diaspora. I know of Kabaka, I know of Kafka Europe, Kafka USA. Once a Kaverian, always a Kaverian. They say all those things. Yeah, they are non-resident, but they are members. Because once upon a time, it's a historical fact that we were baptized here. They are non-resident. But the third category that is becoming increasingly important are those who have what request what they call watch care. Watch care. I'm a member of a church in a Baptist church somewhere. Uh, I am the breadwinner of the family. I'm the main giver of that church. I don't want to move there. But I'm in Accra for six months, for one year, and I desire that whilst I'm here, I'll be recognized as a member. There's a category called watch care. We haven't done that well, but I'm now espousing it. So we include it in the things that, the, the categories of membership. They are regular visitors. That's how I interpret those givings that we've been rejoicing over, that there are some people who are anonymous. They are not members. So if you ask them tithe and offering, they will not give. They don't want to give. They don't want to get into your books. But they see that you are doing a good job. God's work. So I'll give 50,000. I'll give 100,000. What is my name? Anonymous. But those are watch care. And we must be able to open our doors and say, we have a certain obligation towards you. Praying for you, caring for you. Call us. We need you. So that is what it means. Because the Baptist Church operates congregational polity, it demands a lot from members. It expects a lot from members. And when members do not play that role, that's the easiest way you create a detector and you create tyrants. When people sleep on their rights, either they don't know it or they are afraid and they don't play it well, the church moves. After the church, it will move. You see, nature abhors vacuum. So if I call you for a meeting, you don't come one, two, three, and I want the church to move. I'll decide what I want to do. That's how we leave our governments. They do whatever they want to do. Parliament, they do whatever they want to do. Because power resides in the people, even constitutionally. But if you don't check them, they'll do whatever they want to do. So what are the responsibilities of members? There are a lot, but I think I'll go through nine. They govern the church's life and work under the lordship of Christ. We govern it. We take part in it in the drawing of programs. They participate in the corporate life and work of the fellowship. There's a fellowship you are participating. Your voice counts. Your opinion counts. Your gifts count. They matter. Number three, you take part in the cooperative work with other churches. Yes, Christ has said, I'll establish my church, but later on we see towards the end. There are other churches, sister churches. You can become, because you are a member of Calvary Baptist Church, you belong to the Accra South Baptist Association, you go there, you take part in the life, you see other sisters, other brothers in that fellowship. You can go as far as the Ghana Baptist Convention. It can open doors for you to go to uh, Baptists in West Africa, Baptists in Africa, eventually even BWA. So you take part in cooperative work with other Baptist churches. 
I go to Nigeria, and I was telling the Excellency the other day, I mean, I go there and teach and preach. I have classmates there. When I go, so it's a Baptist pastor, and they welcome me. And there are many who come to Calvary. They just say, I'm from Nigerian Baptist Convention. I don't want to go through all the permutation of the different Baptist groups that exist. But once we are Baptist, most of the practices are the same. Sometimes we make a little more noise than most of them, but they all agree that it all ends up in the water anyway. <laughs> Establish and take part in relationship with appropriate publics. Christian Council and Co., you're a member of a Baptist church, so you take part in those things. It gives you the right and identity to do certain things. Local, local council of churches where churches meet. Am I being too fast? I say I've given myself speed. You make church members, make resources available for the work of the church. The work of God is to be done by the people of God. We don't, thank God, we don't have the privilege or pain of going to a bank to go and borrow money. It is God's people who do God's work. So I tell people that it's fine. We haven't finished the building, but when I go and sleep, I sleep because we don't owe anybody. It's been slow, but nobody's hanging on our neck. We don't owe. If I tell you and you do it, we thank God. If you don't do it, it's, it's like that. It's there. So God gives you the money and you sit on it. It doesn't go on. Well, one day you will account for how you hoarded and what you did with it, how you left it for the termites to chew it. You account for it. Don't say I didn't teach you. Train persons in the skills for Christian living. So those people who, are, who need maturity, we train them. The baby is not always to be a baby. The baby must grow up. That's Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, teaching them to observe all these things. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. He made some apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. He didn't call us so that we become superstars. You look at this. Look at this anointed man. Look at this. No. Yes, even if we are doing it, our duty is to equip you all to perform the ministry. Train members in the meaning of church membership. That's what I'm trying to do. Proclaim the gospel to all persons. In fact, if you get sufficiently provoked like St. Thomas Aquinas, you can even proclaim it to trees. Trees not in the sense that he was preaching to trees, but he saw his responsibility that this is God's world. And if people are desecrating the environment, God's people will not live well. Proclaim gospel to all persons that take care of God's words. Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof. Don't spoil it. Don't do galam. See, see what has happened at that PSA. You see the nature of our dereliction of duty. You see all the muddy water we are drinking. A Christian can be taught to find that gift of social action and be doing it in the name of God. Number nine, rich persons for Christ and church membership. Baptists are fanatical about church membership. Why did we plant churches? I was told and I truly believe it that the best form of evangelism is church planting where people must belong to a home, a family and be taught and encouraged. Yes, once in a while I meet somebody in a bus and you teach the person, he accepts Christ and he goes. But as much as possible, that person must belong to the body of Christ where he or she will be taught, equipped, mobilized to serve God in his church and in the world. Any church to do this multitude of tasks needs to organize. And Baptists also have a way of organizing for growth. How do you organize for growth? Baptists 
initially did not have organization. But any group, any group, you see, all these charismatic churches that say you have book long, you have this structure, this structure. You wait till they grow. Then you will find that you have adults, you have children, you have citizens, you have masters, you have this. You will form structures because human beings need to be administered. I've lived long enough to see some of my friends, their structures are so confused because they are not following any rules. They don't even understand it. Baptists traditionally have organized their churches, their ongoing work into three basic areas. This is what I want you to understand. I say football has its games, basketball has its own game. That's what we call church programs and organizations, church program services, and church administrative services. Let me digress a bit. Now, I agree that what I'm sharing is totally foreign to many of us, and you see most of these things practiced in Europe and America. The first time I went to a church, of, and I saw so many buildings, I asked them, well, is it a university? They said, no, it's for our church members to grow. I said, grow in what? I had no idea, because where I came from, even where two or three are gathered in the room, we are okay. Then I realized buildings are only important because they enable you to do something. And the reason why we're having problems in some of our churches is what church growth leaders have called sociological strangulation. We are choked. We don't have the space. We fight each other like crabs because we don't have the space. But if you have space, like people who go to school, you see how they operate. So church program organization, four basic ones. The four basic organizations are Sunday School, Training Union, Church Music, and MMU, WMU, GARA. They are there. You can see what they do. Let me talk on Sunday School. The first time I stepped in school, a proper Baptist church, typically, in America, I stepped in a Sunday school with my wife. She was fully pregnant or half pregnant. Then when I went to the notice board, I saw something. Attendance in Sunday school. I've forgotten the exact figure, but it was our 800. Church attendance, 600. And I didn't understand it. So I kept wondering. But in Sunday school, I saw people there who turned the Bible upside down trying to read it. Then later on, I saw people who were getting converted. Then I found out something. In a typical Southern Baptist church, a Sunday school class or small group, Shifu, is for outreach and Bible teaching. So instead of inviting somebody to church or invite somebody to church by inviting the person to come to church, first to Sunday school. So when he's turning the book upside down, when they say he read the book of Revelation and he's still in Genesis, you help them. You sit near them in church because you saw them doing it in Sunday school. Are you with me? So there were more people in the Sunday. The Sunday school became an avenue for people joining the church. And so what was my wife's pregnancy about? All right. So we had our child, or about to have a child. The Sunday school class came and said, eh, we know you are from Ghana. Your wife, you don't have any family here. The Sunday school has decided that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll bring you food. I said, what? You say, from the Sunday school class. I said, oh, eh. All right. So when I was a chaplain and I was short of time, if I have one hour to spend in church, where do you think I spend it? 
Sunday school. Because if I don't go, they will come after me. The church had about 1,000 members, but the Sunday school had 50 members. If I don't go, they will come after me. That's where I went. And that's where most people went, and they, get, they got taught and converted. So Sunday school is not only for Bible teaching, it's for outreach as well. Are you with me? Two, shift the same. You put it down a chair that you invite somebody. Training union is where we train our members to be counselors, disciple makers, to do the thing that church has asked them to do. When I entered this Calvary, we had training union. They train us to do many things, to go to association meeting, but we don't have any of those things these days. Church music is a big area. It's not just a matter of music, but people enjoy it. When I was coming, my young, my young son, where is he? Uh, legend. Legend told me, Pastor, I want to beat the drum. I said, Legend, when we close, go and get the drum and beat it. Grandma, do you hear him telling me that? Yeah. From that, they will stay. Legend, two or three-year-old wants to beat the drum. And there are so many like that. It's, an, it's a way of they getting integrated in the church. Then the missionary unions, WMU, MMU, RA, GA, BYL, what is their scope? To study missions and participate in mission action. Simplicita. This is the main thing they are supposed to be doing. Then, two or three, then I'll stop. You see, then they have what they call <laughs> church program services, church library, where all these groups can go and do research. Calvary used to have a library. We used to go and sit down there and read. We don't have a library at the circle anymore. The Baptists had a training center at Tessano. Library services. We don't think it's important. Where do your Sunday school classes? That's why we need facilities. Build a library. Recreation services. A sound mind in a sound body. You train them, you equip them. You do sports, entertainment, church administration and offices. So a church does a number of things and it is organized in such a way that people find home away from home. And all of these things must be organized. I would do the last one. The last one, nine, program groupings and grading patterns. The last one is also a challenge here, how church organizes in educating its people. The grouping grading plan provides for when people come to church, they are grouped to be taught and encouraged. As much as we are eager for our children, our young people to come to church and have church service, the key of those who want to train leaders is that they must go to age-appropriate classes. Now, look at the groupings. It starts from preschool. So again, Dr. Charles Yeboah and Mrs., uh, Mrs. Uh, I think, Bob Schill helped us partition downstairs to conform with some of these things. There's preschool division, Beth through five years. I think this, they are the ones at the back here. Children's division, sixth grade. The interesting one is youth division. 12 to seven, uh, seven to 12 grade. That's to 17 years. That's youth. What are youth in this church? Up to 30. And it has become a political issue. That's why you can stay in youth chapel and they call you children. Because you are not children. You are not. Maybe there by 18, if you are staying with your parents, doesn't mean you are a child. Because you yourself, you play the double game. When it suits you, I'm a child. When it doesn't suit you, ah, 18, I'm an adult. 
So adult, begins, adult division begins from 18 to 29. You talk about adult things, uh, planning, career, marriage, and all these things. Adult, middle, 30 to 30, 59 years. Adult, retirement, 60 and up. So that's how people are graded in all these rooms and taught age-appropriate things according to the demography, the statistics, and all. So you see people moving. The church becomes a place where people are taught and equipped to follow Christ and do what they need to do. If I want to continue, I will not end today, like I said. But last two. When you do all these things, go to 12. When you are doing all of these things, to administer a church effectively, the church needs records of your members, their ages, who they are, so you'll be able to administer them. Yes, the names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But on earth here, you need membership and financial records. Maybe over there, they do it more religiously because you get the tax exemption from this. But over here, we also try to be accountable and responsible to you. If we are failing you, ask for it. Financial and membership record. Once in a while, I get people who say, oh, pastor, I was, in, I was baptized in this church in 1971. Can you find our record for us? You go to the archives, you send it to them and say, hey, you still have that record? We do. And we do. By his grace, we do. Then, we have relationship with others, church, association, sector, Ghana Baptist Convention, CCG, ABFBWCC. One of the things that has amazed me is that when I saw the report of the uh, committee, church members were able to mention that we should advertise for people to come from AABF, BWA, and all those places. And then I still hear the same group saying, oh, but they are outsiders, they are not covering. And I ask myself, when you have chosen to be members of the Northern Sector, Southern Sector, Ghana Baptist Convention, Christian Council of Ghana, okay, that's not even Baptist, AABF, BWA, and all these groups, you don't see that you are all part of the same family, but you can say, I belong to Apollos, I belong to this, I belong to that. And that just shows how we need to be taught, we need to be trained. Friends, the Baptists believe that this type of organization can help us disciple a whole nation whilst we wait for Christ to come. Do you understand it? If not, get to know more about it. And what is your role as you wait for the Lord to come? It is not an easy task. The grass is always greener at the other side. But if you are going to watch football, understand the rules of the football and don't go and use basketball rules to judge it. And if you don't understand, ask the questions. God bless you. We'll come back with some others later on. Thank you.